0: To this episode of So What Do You Do, where we interview people in different jobs to see what other ways there are to make money. We are your host, Jen Staben, That's a me, a Mario, and Joyce. <laughs> Hi everyone, this is Joyce.
1: That is Joyce. Uh Joyce, Joyce, Joyce. <laughs> Joyce how's life? What's doing well, kicking? Doing well. Doing well, doing well. I wanted to ask you a question. So mm. um, because you're in sunny LA, mm. do, did the season change affect you? Like your mood? Because a lot of people around me have been talking about this and I'm curious mm. about if you live in sunny LA, Does do you feel the seasonal changes like the rest uh, of us?
0: Well, it did rain yesterday, which was odd, but mm. I don't <sighs> – I'm probably the wrong person to ask because – I am very all over the place emotionally, Mm -hmm. Um, but I would say not yet, but I have noticed it in the winters. Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. But
0: it sounds like it's been hitting you up in NorCal.
1: Yeah. It's been hitting me. And then other people around me have been talking about it. And obviously, like a lot of the people I've been talking to um, about this have been Outside of California, <laughs> so so they're kind of like, what are you talking about? You Californians don't have seasons, and because um, I'm talking to like a friend who lives in Sweden or like um, a friend in Chicago, mm. and like their seasonal differences are pretty drastic. But um, but other well, people I- also attribute it to this Mercury in retrograde. Kind of oh, I was thing. just gonna bring that up. Oh I was gosh, gonna you know say what? it's probably Mercury being in retrograde.
0: I when I used to work customer service, I would have in my bookmark bar. There was Stop. just one tab where, when things start, started feeling all crazy, I would just be like, "Mercury's got to be in retrograde." And there's a website that's just called "Is Mercury in Retrograde." <laughs> I think it's out of retrograde now. I'm just checking. I think it just. I think it just left. It, ju- it just went back to grading. It just uh, went. back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, wait, let's see. Yeah, there. It's called ismercuryinretrograde.com. dot com. And right now it says, no,
1: something else must be bumming you out. Or maybe it was like, it happened during Mercury and retrograde and then it went out and now it, we're all kind of like coming out of it. Joyce, the know. way you
0: say Mercury in retrograde is so cute. I can't say <laughs> it. Mercury retrograde. Mercury something. in retrograde. Mercury in retrograde. Red leather yellow. Red, yellow, red, yellow, red, red leather. Le- I can't say it. <laughs> The word I used to not be able to say was hallelujah. I used to say hallelujah.
1: <laughs> you know the one I still can't say? Um, mm-hmm. And there's a 30 Rock like theme about this, but rural juror. <laughs> the rural juror. <laughs> rural juror. It's That's fantastic. but um, I just don't
0: know why you would ever be in a situation to say the rural juror. I can't even,
1: like, every time I want to say rural,
0: I can't mm. say it. Rural. rural. <laughs> you know, it's almost like we wish we had a good teacher and our to teach, it, yeah. to teach us that. Uh, oh, and that man. heavy-handed segue is bringing us to our guest today. I'm very excited about this because I do feel like being a teacher is just one of those things that, you know, People aspire, like they, people figure that out early on. They're like, I'm going to be a teacher. And then when you hear, well, I mean, I haven't talked to too many teachers because when a teacher is not teaching, I'm like, give them their space. They deserve <laughs> their time. <laughs> um, and so I'm really excited to uh, bug this teacher about what it's like to teach. So with that being said, let's welcome this week's guest, Andrea. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Hello. Hi. <laughs> we got Teacher Andrea in the Teacher house. Teacher Andrea. Whoop, whoop. Hi. First, I just
2: want to validate your struggles there. Words are hard. <laughs> okay. Um, I have a three-year-old right now, and we work on word pronunciation all the time, but your your hallelujah pronunciation cracked me up because that's basically how she says yellow is yayo. Yayo. Oh,
1: my god. <laughs> so
2: L's are apparently, that's a hard sound to make.
1: So Jen, we're not alone. We're not alone. It's us and three-year-olds. It's us you and three-year-old. Old, yes, in great company. In great company.
0: <laughs> she, she might. She might have a hard time in Argentina. Your three-year-old, if she went there right now, because the the double L is mm. very difficult. Ja. Well, yes. Or maybe it makes it easier. I don't know. Oh man. I was just trying to do some brag that I knew how it was pronounced in <laughs> That
1: Argentina. was smooth. That was real smooth. Like our transition.
0: Oh, no, it's let's let's stop the podcast. i <laughs> I'm
1: trying too hard to be cool. Um no, well, let's get into it because I am so it. excited to have Andre here. Um so just a little bit of context. Andre and I are friends and we have survived through the pandemic together and um I I wanted to bring her on to this podcast because I think like one of the the careers that I always thought I knew was teaching mm-hmm. because you know you interact with teachers a lot throughout your your childhood mm-hmm. um, but hearing about all the different things that that teachers have to deal with. In the background, especially through um, all of what's been going on this past year, has been really interesting and like eye-opening to me. And so um, I'm super excited to have Andrea here today to share all of that um, and blow our minds with (laughs) everything that's going on that teachers have to deal with. (laughs) So Andrea, I guess we can get started. What do teachers do? (laughs) <laughs> you
0: have 50 minutes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> yes, I have prepared my monologue. <laughs>
0: Excellent. Excellent.
2: Where do we want to start?
0: Well, I'm curious what uh, what grade do you teach or what age do you teach? Or yeah. What subject do you teach? Yeah. Um, so I am a middle
2: school science teacher. Mm. I have taught seventh and eighth graders, so they're um, like 12 to 14. And currently I'm teaching eighth grade.
0: And yeah, did, when you were in college, were you, did you have a focus on teaching or was it a focus on science?
2: Um, that's a great question. So um, I was a little bit all over the place in college, but I eventually settled on a science major. Mm. So I majored in biochemistry and cell biology. Dang. And I um, I was, I kind of had like one foot in the pre-med track, mm. but I was like one foot out because I knew my heart wasn't really in it. Hmm. Um, I wanted to be a teacher since I was in kindergarten.
1: Wow. See, I
0: feel like teacher yeah. origin stories are always really early. Like, So yeah. what was it about teaching that made you want to go down this path in kindergarten?
2: Yeah, so... um I think it was just my kindergarten teacher, like mm. she was just so amazing. Aww. Um I still remember her name, Mrs. Thrash. She was shout out like to Mrs. Thrash. Shout out to her. She's amazing. <laughs> um and honestly, like I I know that I have my own challenges as a middle school teacher, but elementary school teachers are the true MVPs mm. of teachers. Mm. Because just imagine like 20 tiny humans. Mm-hmm needing you all day and like you're basically their mom for the day you know and that's how i saw mrs thrash was she was like my mom away from home and she was fun and warm and kind and taught us how to do fun things like coloring (laughs) kindergarten was a blast so then i was like i was like yo this lady's like she's pretty awesome like i want to be just like her oh
0: did you ever accidentally call her mom not that i remember, but I'm sure it happened. Now, let me ask you this. Has a student ever accidentally called you mom?
2: <laughs> um, you know, by eighth grade, um, that problem tends to not really happen. So, no.
0: But if it did, it would probably be uh, traumatizing for that eighth grader. <laughs> for sure. I I would think it's funny
2: and cute, but they would absolutely be traumatized. Yeah. Um. And horrified.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: So, yo, Joyce, I mean- I've got I I've got a billion and one questions. I the fact that you teach middle school, I'm like I I know that the you you said the little kids, but like kids when they're in middle school are just crazy. <laughs> like I just don't know how like I sorry, Joyce, you were jumping in, but I I was just commenting on like the 8th grade. I'm so curious about it. Yeah. Um
2: so I I get this reaction a lot. Where when I share that I'm an I'm an eighth grade teacher or a middle school teacher, I get the whole like I don't know how you do it and oh my goodness bless your heart and Mm -hmm. you know like just that kind of reaction and it always cracks me up because well a it makes me feel very like important which is awesome but Mm -hmm. um but secondly I think that people kind of conflate like being a middle school teacher with being a middle schooler. Mm. And for okay. a lot of us, um, well, I don't know, I'm only speaking from my own experience, but like middle school is kind of a tough time yeah. to to be alive. <laughs> and, you know, you're like going yes. through all sorts of bodily changes and social changes, and um, you know, it's a new school, right? You're not in elementary school anymore, but you're not quite old enough for like the freedoms of high school. It's a tough time. And um I think that when people hear that I'm a middle school teacher, like, they kind of just think about their own middle school experience and how hard it was. Oh. You know what I mean? But Yeah. yeah. But being a teacher of middle schoolers is so fun. Oh, really. my gosh. Yes. Um, obviously, there are challenges, which we can get into later, but <laughs> but they are hilarious, you guys. Like, they're a little bit older than elementary school, right? So they mm-hmm. understand sarcasm. that's a big one you can have banter with them you can Mm. kind of roast each other like depending on your relationship with your students right I have had years where we kind of just roast each other Uh and it's hilarious it's like so much fun and they are not scary high schoolers like I'm I am afraid of high schoolers I will Hmm. be honest with you they're you know like when they're in eighth grade they're not really too cool for school yet like they're still kind of they're into it. They want to make their teachers proud. They Aww. might act like they're too cool sometimes, but you can usually get them with like a joke or something. So I, you know, maybe it, you have to have the right personality for it, but I personally have really enjoyed teaching middle school.
1: That's so great. So then like thinking about Mrs. Thrash, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like, like um, what you do now is very reflective of what you experience with Mrs. Str- Thrash? I know she was teaching kindergarten and yeah. maybe that's like different but like in terms of like the, <laughs> the the feeling of like teaching and like interacting with the kids.
2: That's such a, an interesting question and it makes me laugh because mm-hmm. I don't think I'm like Mrs. Thrash at all. Uh-huh. Um she was just like the most wholesome person you could ever meet and I don't think I'm that. <laughs>
0: You know, Mrs. Thrash sounds like that's uh, a heavy metal band a little bit, so I'm, like, kind of thinking of the opposite, but. Okay,
2: um, imagine, like, a kind of, like, middle, well, no, maybe she was younger, like, a mom, like, a young mom Mm -hmm. aged, but, like, she would wear, like, those long denim skirts, like, imagine the 90s, like, those long denim skirts and, like, a sweater vest,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: like, it's that vibe.
1: But I feel like like that that makes sense for kindergarten but like like you said if there's sarcastic 8th graders like you can't just be a wholesome like <laughs> denim <right>. dress wearer. <laughs> yeah, like you yeah, have to hold your right. own, right? Yeah. Especially yeah. in the age of like social media and all that.
2: For sure. Oh yeah, don't even get me started on how much time I spend scrolling TikTok. Ooh, I was going to get you started on that cuz <laughs>
0: I it's, it's professional I development imagine. at this point I absolutely would imagine like you you need to know the whole she and like all that stuff like but, so do you do you embark on the social media banter with your students sincerely or do you bring it up ironically to kind of like hope fun like to have like to be like oh I'm trying to be cool like what's your take on it
2: um wow that's a good question You know, I would say, like, three years ago, if you had asked me that question three years ago, before I turned 30, (laughs) um, that I probably would have been engaging with my students in relation to social media, like, TikToks or memes or whatever, um, like, not, ironically, or, like, you know, because we were kind of more in it in our Mm 20s. Mm Mm-hmm. Now that I'm on the other side of 30, it's like I'm aware of it. So when they when they make references, like I can kind of do a like, I can engage or interact with them, and then they're kind of like, "Oh, you know that? Mm. <laughs> like, yes, I I do. <laughs> I I too waste hours of my life scrolling TikTok. Children.
0: <laughs> I mean, we got Bones No Bones Day. Are we all yeah. on Bones No Bones TikTok? Um,
2: yep. I'm pretty sure we all are. <laughs> okay. And even if we know. don't
0: know we are, there's <laughs> like, wait, I think I've heard of that. Uh yeah. I mean, are kids on that? Do kids get that?
2: You know, I haven't heard any of my students reference that one yet. Okay. But I have heard the like,
0: oh no, our table, like craft.
2: Oh yeah. 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 A bunch. Ber-
0: berries and cream uh <laughs> TikTok. Or like the today today especially I got a lot of the shoo.
1: Oh man, I love doing that. Wait, so then, so then like do you do you watch the the TikTok you said in order to do like almost like research on your like on the the students of this era or is it more like just pure entertainment for yourself?
2: No, I think TikTok is entertaining. Yeah. And maybe yeah. that I don't know how that sounds coming from a 30 something year old teacher, but like I honestly do enjoy TikTok. It's very entertaining to me. Um I just joke that it's professional development because you know.
0: For tax I have, reasons. I just want to know my children. I have to know my, <laughs> to know my yeah. kids to teach them, right? You're a professional. You need That's to right. go to the, the the streets, so to say, and learn about their ways. Uh and I uh and I am unemployed and spend just hours on it. Um <laughs> so one of the things that I feel like teachers You know, a lot of us see teachers. That's one of the first careers we all see. And Mm. we think to ourselves, oh, maybe we'll do that. But what we don't see is what's taking place outside of the classroom. And the fact that you're putting together curriculums and that you're grading papers. And so... And studying TikTok. And (laughs) studying TikTok for hours. So what is the out-of-classroom work that you're doing like hours wise like oh, just just walk me through like what you're doing outside of actually being a teacher in a classroom to be a teacher in a classroom.
2: Oh yeah. This is a great question and um it is definitely something that most people don't think about. Let's see hours wise, I would say um like an hour before school and maybe a couple hours after school and it depends on every teacher right like some some teachers do will like put in the the overtime like each day after school or some teachers will bring work home over the weekend and just like mm-hmm. do it all in one big chunk
0: mm-hmm. uh,
2: you know they do they give us a a prep time i'm i'm doing air quotes but you can't see me prep time uh, which is like 45 minutes a day to do all the things, mm. it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that that is not enough time to do all the things.
1: Wait, what do you mean by do all the things? Like like, like grading pre- papers, yeah.
2: prep for the prep for the lessons for that yeah. week, grade papers, email, um, fill out forms, have meetings. Mm. Um, yeah, just the list goes on, and. Uh, so that prep time goes by pretty quickly is what I'm meaning to say. So most teachers do take work home. Yeah. And.
1: I'm sorry. So for the meetings, is this meetings with like teachers or meetings with like, like other, other parents or, you know what I mean? Like I'm kind of curious yes. about those meetings.
2: Yes. Yes. And yes. So, <laughs> um, so we will have staff meetings with the whole staff and our admin. Mm -hmm. That happens about every other week. We have our, what we call PLC. It stands for um, Professional Learning Community Meetings, which is basically like grade level department. So it would be like, since I'm an eighth grade science teacher, I would meet with my other eighth grade science teacher partners and we would discuss assessment data. We would discuss, okay, like what is our next unit going to be? We would discuss... Mm -hmm. Um, here are students not meeting our current benchmarks. Like, what's our plan for them? Um, so there's those meetings, and then we also have other meetings for um, students who have special needs. So mm-hmm. we have these things called IEPs. Okay, something that you're going to learn from me today is that education has like a bajillion and one acronyms and abbreviations for things. <laughs> So IEP stands for Individualized Education Plan. These are students who mm. have some kind of learning disability. We um, get them on this special plan. They get special services from the school because, uh, by law, right, we we're required as a public school like to to provide with them with whatever they need to get their education right and accessible education. So we will have meetings with them and their their teachers, their parents, admin. Um, sometimes we'll have just like meetings with counselors. Like if we have students that we are concerned about mentally or emotionally or socially, uh, and we need to just like get together as a team to discuss, you know, what data we have, what's going on, um, and kind of what our next steps are. So there's just, there's always something to meet about and discuss. And, uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: I did want to ask about the involvement with the students because I feel like that's something that can take a lot of emotional energy is Mm -hmm. if you have a student that you're concerned about or that, you know, you get very involved with these students, how do you manage that? Because, you know, you have to take care of yourself as well. And like, my goodness, this the stuff that you guys have had to deal with this past year and forever it's like there's that and then there's the involvement with that individual student so how do you how do you take care of yourself in that like how do you manage through those moments that might be like emotionally hard mm-hmm.
2: yeah this is a really great question i have been teaching for over a decade now i think this is my 11th year teaching mm-hmm. and it doesn't get easier mm-hmm I don't know if that's just me personally because I am I am a more sensitive person
0: mm-hmm.
2: at, and I am also an introvert. Mm. So um, to be in a job that is so like uh, you have to kind of be on all day yeah. and emotionally in tune with – and this year I have like almost 150 students each day, like that is definitely very taxing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and so I will, I will come home and there are days where it's just heavy. Mm -hmm. Um, and now that I'm a mom, like it, it, it does give me like that feeling of guilt a little bit where it's like, okay, you got to worry about your own kid now. Like you have to kind of like turn off the part of your brain that's worried about so and so who is having a really hard time Mm -hmm. at home. Right. Or like whatever the case may be. Um, so I think that like the pandemic was a a big turning point for me in terms of um, understanding how important it is to have boundaries mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. between work and personal life. Obviously, the the pandemic really blurred those lines because we were distance learning for a long time, right? So I was teaching from home, mm-hmm. and a lot of the kids, in addition to myself, we were just going through it, right? Like, that was a really hard time for everybody mentally, mm-hmm. and a lot of us are still processing that. But I think that it made me realize that, like, it's not sustainable for me to, like, care 100% about everybody all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, I thought that I needed to do that to be an effective and good teacher.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I'm learning that it's just – that's just not – it's not sustainable. Like, it's it's like a one-way ticket to burnout.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Joyce and I both quit our jobs. Uh, yeah. Now, <laughs> now, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but that was – a huge part of it was – you know, giving 100% of yourself all the time is not sustainable. And then when yeah. you consider that you're, you know, on the other side of that for you are students who want to learn and have their uh, and have their lives. And for me, it was just like a product and a consumer thing. And so it was just kind of like, bah, you know, uh, I'm going to quit. Uh, but it's, you know, I, I mean, I think that that was that something that when you got into being a teacher you knew you were going to have to be able to manage? Or is this something that you are finding that as you do it, as you teach, you're learning about how you're reacting to it and you're, uh, you're finding ways to manage it so you can have a healthy life yourself?
2: Hmm, I think that it was something that my, my professors, my grad school professors, when I was getting my credential and my master's, um, they – They kind of warned us about like they were like, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup like that cliche saying, right? And as a teacher, it is so important for you to show up as a whole person to be a teacher. And for that reason, like you can't always bring work home with you and you can't, you can't save every kid. You can't do it all. And you're going to want to, right? Because all these Mm -hmm. people who become teachers, they have huge hearts. They want to, Mm -hmm. they want to help. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that that messaging when I was going through my grad program was strong. However, um, I don't think that it was until I, I lived it and understood that like, oh yeah, this is what they mean. (laughs) Like, um, like, oh yeah, they're right. Like obviously, of course they're right. Right. They've been in education for years. Now they're teaching me how to be a teacher. They knew what they were talking about. Yeah. Um, but saying it is. Is different than practicing it, right? And so I, I'm still practicing that idea of like, I'm not bringing papers home anymore. You know, I'm leaving them on my desk. Whatever I get done, I get done, mm-hmm. and the kids are gonna have to wait. Like, <laughs> you're not gonna get mm-hmm. your test back the next day, mm-hmm. which is what I would try to do. Like, you know, seven years ago when I was like, killing myself trying to get them feedback. Um, in a timely manner because I thought that that is what they needed.
1: Yeah. yeah. So then like in terms of like prioritizing your focus and your energy, mm-hmm. um, I think like part of that is about focusing your energy on the things that you can control, right. And like like you said, you can't control like uh, like 150 students' lives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then like what what are the areas as a teacher that you have learned? are the most important like focus areas in terms of like impact. Hmm. Wow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Joyce, that. I you, you always ask these really deep questions.
0: Doesn't Joyce ask the best questions? She really <laughs> does.
2: And I told her too I was texting her before this podcast recording. And I was like, I know you're going to ask me a question where I'm just like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) well, I also have like, like, uh, like, almost like leading questions that I want to just talk about here, yeah. um, so we can we could switch <laughs> over to that because the other question, like, because speaking of TikTok, right? Um, we were just talking about TikTok earlier, but like one of the things that like you told me that I it just kind of blew my mind in terms of like, oh, there's this other side of teaching that is part of the job that like we just didn't have visibility into, mm-hmm. but like like you said, like the staff meetings where like <laughs> like no joke, you guys are kind of like doing research on, like, the trends of the students and, like, things to look out for and, like, um, just changes as a result of, like you said, processing the pandemic and such. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like, I would love to kind of, like, give you time to, like, share that and also, like, what are your thoughts on that, like, on those changes?
2: In terms of how the pandemic has affected students?
1: Yeah, and, like, the trends that you're observing. Yeah, so...
2: Um, another great question, Joyce. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's, it's been interesting and I feel like I'm probably going to give a pretty, uh, roundabout answer because we're still kind of like in it. Like I don't have, I feel like I don't really have like a conclusive thought on this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but generally it, It seems like the year of distance learning for a lot of kids, um, the main – okay, hold on. Let me back up. The main concern I feel like for adults was learning loss for that year. Mm -hmm. Like you kind of heard it. Um, on the education side, and even for parents, they were like, "They're not learning as much sitting in front of a computer." Like we know, they learn better in a classroom, you know. And that was kind of the talking point for getting kids back in classrooms in person, with all of like the safety mitigation protocols due to COVID. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, part of me agrees; like there is some some validity to that. Um, however. I think that the bigger one for me, the bigger loss in quotes, um, air quotes, for me was the social piece. Right. Of just learning how to be a person on a school campus.
1: Yeah, amongst (laughs) other peers. Amongst
2: other people who are not in your family or, you know, who are not in your pod. And how to interact with people in person. Mm-hmm. And I think even maybe like between you and I, like we probably felt a little bit of social anxiety when we, when like the world kind of reopened up, right? And
0: mm-hmm.
2: getting back into everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so imagine that anxiety, but you are 12. Yeah. So you don't know how to manage that anxiety, So it comes out in super disruptive behavior Mm. or Mm.
1: really like um, social. Congratulations, you found the episode Easter egg. This means that you win. No, I'm just kidding. Um, This was a technical difficulty that we ran into. So please bear with us as we transition back into the conversation with Andrea. Uh, Because some weird internet stuff. I missed a bunch.
0: So let's start with a new question Um, after Andrea explained exactly what happened with distance learning and uh, all of the social (laughs) implications that that's going to have on us as a society. um, (laughs) Yes.
1: All the answers are lost now. <laughs> we almost had it, folks. We almost had it. Uh, so as far as the
0: curriculum, this is something that I've always been curious about. Do you get to just – how do you come up with what you're going to teach each day? Um, yeah, I mean, how much time goes into planning what you're going to go over in a day? What's the process there?
1: Yeah, and how much comes from, like, the school district versus, right. like, yeah, creative freedom from you?
0: Okay, so it
2: actually starts at the state level. Mm. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, so our state legislators, I guess, is that what they're called? I don't know. Sure. The state, <laughs> I just call them the state, okay? You're so the state teacher. You're not government teacher. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you, Jen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the state of California adopts certain standards. Um for each like grade level and uh, subject area. And those standards basically say that like, you know, by the end of grade 12 in in whatever calculus, right, the students should be able to do these skills or know these things. So we usually start there. Mm. Um, in our state of California, for science, we have adopted, something called the next generation science standards. This is relatively new. So they are different from the standards that we had growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, And they, yeah, they're just different, um, slightly different. So that's what I base my curriculum off of. When the state of California first adopted these standards, there were no like textbooks ready or anything like that. So basically Mm -hmm. science teachers had to, shift from the old standards into the new standards kind of on our own.
1: Huh. Hmm.
2: Um and so there was kind of there was some networking happening within the state of California between science teachers where we would share materials and lesson ideas and things like that. Oh. And then some counties would put on these professional development days. Where we would like all come together, like from all over the county, come together and kind of like walk through a lesson together and um, kind of like dissect some of these standards because they're they're pretty dense. So this took a process of like, I would say like five years from old standards to completely new standards. And basically each year my teaching partner and I added like a new unit or two. where we had to like rethink a lot really like the way we assessed the way we taught the flow of lessons and things like that so that's kind of like big scope stuff whoa when we get down to the day-to-day a lot of teachers will do what we call and there's probably many names for this but I call it backwards planning where I think about okay by the end of this unit right by the end of these four weeks what, do, what skills do I want my students to be able to do that are all standards aligned? What do I want them to, to know? And how are they going to show me that knowledge, right? In mm-hmm. what form? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be a test? Is it going to be a project? Is it going to be what? Um, so it's Oh, all- so that it's
1: not given to you. Like, like it, no. it's stated that they need to know this, but how what? you measure it is up to you. Yes.
2: Oh. And for the next generation science standards for NGSS- Um, there, there is some guidance, like there are like parameters almost where you just sit down as a teacher and you're looking at the language that they're using, what vocabulary and then what skills are kind of like meshed in with the content. So -hmm. for example, um, the old standards would just be, they were literally just a a list of facts, (laughs) like students will know this and this and this. With the next generation science standards, they're folding more of the science and engineering practices in there, which might look like, um, like modeling a scientific concept or using um, math and um, calculation type thinking uh, to solve a problem or whatever. So, it it does give teachers some flexibility in terms of which which skills do they want to mesh with which content standards. Mm-hmm in their assessment. So I, we usually start with an assessment and then kind of like design our unit around that um, and work backwards, right? So like, okay, if this is what I want my students to be able to do by the end of four weeks, what skills do I need to scaffold and build up for them to be successful at the end of four weeks to do this skill?
0: Oh. And about how long does it take for you to come up with that curriculum? um (laughs) well it's been the manic laugh i mean
2: (laughs) i mean it's years of development right right? like you don't you don't get it in one go and that's why being a new teacher is really the hardest because that first year you're just you're trying to just survive each day (laughs) and you kind of you don't really have like a bank of of lessons and, um, experiences to draw from, you're kind of just like, well, I think this is enough stuff for tomorrow's lesson. We'll just find out, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm, you know, in year 11 at this point, I've had plenty of flopped lessons Hmm. and I've learned from them (laughs) and, You know, by this point, like, I'm pretty good at estimating how long things are going to take kids to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of have a pretty good idea of like where common misconceptions show up. So I know like which day I need to address those. Uh, So at this point, like, I would say it takes me the prep period that I get each day to decide and prepare for what's going to happen the next day. So like hmm. f- like 45 minutes and then I do have a TA who helps me make copies,
0: so that actually saves me a lot of time. Wow. <laughs> did that it, answer your question? It did. Yeah, no, I'm this is I mean, the only the only relation I, I like I'm trying to relate it to I used to work in the training department and we would do like two hour trainings and that felt like, oh, we got to plan all week. And it's just, it's crazy <laughs> to me. It's just nuts. um, One of the questions I have for you, because uh, I do want to be very mindful of your time. And I know we're coming up to the end of our time. But given that we were talking about the emotional impact of, you know, you, you've got these living, breathing children that are, you know, growing in front of you. And I, I'm i curious, are the days pretty consistent in terms of how you're feeling or are there a lot of high highs and low lows throughout the week? Hmm. Well,
2: I can speak for this school year so far. Mm. Um, it's very up and down.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And part of that is the kids, you know, just readjusting.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm
2: to life at school um, and readjusting to like the expectations of being out in public and not at home. Um, yeah. So I would say there are some days that are really great and some days that are, have been really tough.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you find that that varies like by school year. Yeah. Yeah, how does this compare to other years when there was
0: a global pandemic and we all went home? And Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just kidding. It's never happened (laughs) before. Um, Sorry,
2: my mic. Joyce, we might need to cut that out. (laughs) You know, every year kind of has their own personality. Right. And being a middle school teacher means that I see six different classes a day which all also have their own personalities. So it really just depends. And I think that 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 is part of why the job is fun. Like it's it's never monotonous. I would say the only monotonous thing about teaching is maybe the grading because like grading 150 of the same thing can get monotonous. But the day to day, like you get to interact with 150 people every day. That's it's wow. never going to be boring, you guys.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, now, so I think that's a plus for sure. Yeah. So
0: I feel like the, the big question on everyone's mind is give us the dish on summer vacation. What is, <laughs> what is it like for a teacher? Is it, you know, is it everything that it's cracked up to be? <laughs> yeah. Give us the inside scoop.
2: Oh, man. What a question. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I can't complain.
0: <laughs>
2: um, I honestly, because of my personality, right? I am an introvert. It is hard for me to be on all day every day. My summer vacation is literally like, <laughs> like me trying not to talk to anybody <laughs> for oh, three months. Like, a, like it sounds like a dream. <laughs> it's pretty great. Um, really, it's like. I'm just recuperating Mm
1: -hmm.
2: from the school year and I'm catching up on sleep and I'm catching up on doctor's appointments and I'm catching up on talking to my friends who I neglected for the past, you know, 180 plus days. (laughs) And um, it just feels like I'm kind of catching up on life and mentally preparing for the next school year. Mm -hmm. Um, I do know that there are teachers who will take a summer job. Because okay, yeah. over the summer we don't we don't get paid for that time, right? We're not working, mm-hmm. so
1: mm-hmm.
2: or we're not quote unquote working. Um, we're not teaching kids, so we don't we don't get paid for that time. But a lot of teachers will either take a second job or they will um, sign up for classes for professional development. Um, a lot of teachers will continue writing curriculum through the summer
1: uh-huh.
2: um, and kind of like catch up on revamping lessons. Um, some teachers have to move classrooms. Like I know in elementary schools, like sometimes they have to s- change grade levels from year to year or change classrooms from year to year. So they have to move all their stuff. And then if they, if they change grade levels, they have to like figure out the curriculum, curriculum for that curriculum. grade, yeah, grade yeah. level. Yeah. Wow. Um, so there is a lot of behind the scenes that happens. And then usually depending on the district, in, like, the week leading up to when students start school, we come back for, like, our staff meetings and professional development trainings and things like that.
0: I see. And does your salary get split up in terms of payment while you're teaching and then there's no paycheck throughout the summer? Or is it, can, is it a yearly paycheck and you're not necessarily getting paid throughout the summer, but it's still coming to you? Or can you make a choice on that?
2: I think most districts give you a choice. Actually, I don't know. I don't know. Um, In the districts that I've been in, you're given a choice between like a yeah, like a ten month paycheck cycle or twelve months. Got it. So
1: you have that option. About that, yeah. Um, So I know we're kind of running up on time, but last question Um, for all the people who are considering going into um, this job, any words of wisdom? Um,
2: first of all, kudos to you for wanting, (laughs) for wanting to go into education. I think that, um, the most special people become teachers and I, 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 that sounds cheesy, but the people who choose this profession, like they're, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a teacher, but like, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, like I'm about to sound real big headed right now. Um, but like, honestly, like to, to want to work with children Mm
0: -hmm. and
2: to want to like knowingly not make very much money and not Mm -hmm. have very much respect paid to you by society, Mm
0: -hmm. but to
2: still want to do it anyway. I think that that speaks volumes to the type of person that you are. So first of all, kudos and congratulations on making that um, choice, that career choice. Secondly, um, in America, if you are if you want to become a teacher in America, I think that um, part of my biggest struggle with uh, kind of like dancing between burnout and wanting to stay in the career is understanding that the systemic problems um, are huge,
0: hmm.
2: and you are not going to be able to solve them by yourself.
1: Mm.
2: Um, and it's going to feel very frustrating at times and it's going to make you feel like you're not doing enough at times. Um, so I think that it's, uh, just something to keep in mind because, um, as somebody who's in it, right. As somebody who like does want to change the system, because I think that there, there are a lot of things wrong with it. Um, that what I have control over is how I run my classroom and how my Mm -hmm. students feel when they're with me. Yeah. So that's what I try to focus on when I feel like the systemic problems are really like getting me down Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) and
2: are really frustrating me. Um, I know that I can control how my kids feel when they come to me and they see me and they come to science class that they feel Loved and welcomed and that it's safe for them to be themselves and make mistakes and learn and grow. And if that's all I can do in a day, like if I can do that for like one kid, you know, then then like good on me, right? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes that's what you have to celebrate because if you start looking at all of the problems in America, in America's like school system Mm -hmm. and not to like bash on us, like –
0: I mean, we're not Finland here.
2: We're not Finland. Um, we got we got issues, okay? Um, yeah, I think that if you start to look at all those problems, it, it can become overwhelming.
1: Yeah.
2: And, um, yeah, so just, you know, focus on your students. Do your best for your students. Uh, take care of yourself. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, good luck, I guess.
0: <laughs> Whoa. Bro, and, oh and my teachers goodness. Teachers to drink with and party with uh, when you can. Oh my yes. goodness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Andrew, this was amazing. I've had so many questions about being a teacher, and I feel like this really brought to light a ton of it. I mean, we didn't even, man, this Barely things.
1: scratched the surface. My goodness. I have so many barely. more questions, too. Oh my Listen, God. I don't know if two, this is an option, two.
2: but like, I, I would be willing to do part two. Like, I. Could talk about teaching all day. My husband is probably sick of me because I <laughs> just talk to him about my job all the time. <laughs> um, so if you are, if you ever want to do a part two, hit me up.
0: I feel like we're, we're gonna need to because teacher that's one of the like that's one of the careers people think about. Like the Joyce, yeah. when we were first talking about this whole podcast, it yeah. was when you're growing up, you're
1: you know, you look yeah. at what your parents do and you and see what teachers. teachers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Those are the careers that you feel like you know so much. But th- yeah. I think that's why I was so excited to talk to you because, like, I've learned so much through what you've learned. Just, yeah. like, you know, being there to to listen to everything. But, like, yeah, the biggest thing that, I like, I feel like we didn't get to really get into that I would love to get into is, like, like just the – like, how this education system from a political standpoint affects – the role at an individual level because I think that's something that like we don't have visibility into at all as like students
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and like what you do as a teacher to manage that like environment that is your classroom but also like everything else that kind of comes down from the state like we talked about like you know like the curriculum coming down from the state and that's Mm -hmm. even like question i have lots of questions about that yeah but but yeah that definitely like i i would love to do a part two for stuff like that yeah totally
2: yeah i hit me up for sure because there's a lot to unpack there in that question you just asked
0: oh man yeah As soon as you asked, I was like the political. I was like, and next time, um, so what do you do, um, Andrea? Uh, I know you've been teaching, so you go take some time for yourself. Yes, <laughs> do what you got to do, self care, and uh, we'll we'll definitely be reaching back out for a part two. Um, we're gonna do a brief break, and we'll come back to you in just a moment. Uh, this was the first one that we've done and it's nothing against any of the other ones that we've done where I was like, this sounds fun and cool. And I like
1: this. The, you mean the role of being a teacher? Yeah. Oh, which part, which part kind of spoke to you?
0: I mean, it just feels, it feels important. I I don't know. Maybe I've just been impactful. Yeah. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. I cause so much of what I do as a manager, what I really like is being able to help people grow and learn about themselves or, you know, how to be, you know, the most successful they can be in their profession. And just, I don't know, getting to engage with students at that Mm -hmm. level and thinking about how you, even how Andrew was talking about doing her lesson plan and you know starting from the back. That that all sounds really interesting Oh. To, um but I classically don't have a college degree so I would need to actually go back to college for this. So
1: but but like you enjoy like the teaching experience.
0: I do think so, yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's so cool.
0: I don't know, are you gonna be a teacher?
1: Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well cuz like the thing is like I've always known. Yeah. I've always known that I like I just don't have that like that special like it's kind of like what Andrew was saying like I think the world of teachers like knowing more about and like we we just scratch the surface audience oh, yeah. like there's so much there that and like it's it's almost like so enticingly like like this feels like an investigation is to understand like how everything like kind of connects um, yeah. In the education space, um, but uh, but like I I think the world of teachers. I think they have like such an impossible task, and they still persevere. Yeah, and um, and that's also be- like I think that also because like I don't have the skills that they have, um, and and so like watching them like fearlessly just like stand up to all of that uh, the, everything that they have to do and it's like very David and Goliath totally that's exactly the visual that I had in my mind too yeah. and it's just like wow like it what I whatever I can do to support and encourage that that ongoing kind of <laughs> battle I guess <laughs> to go yeah. along with the analogy um I think is incredible but like I the, yeah I, I just can't do it like I'm not I'm not I don't have that that kind of like special element that, um, that Andrea was talking to it uh, towards
0: the end. She, I was thinking, I was like, yeah, you know, this is something that actually sounds really interesting. And then she said, uh, you know, it's, it's really, you know, a a special person becomes a teacher. And I was like, I'm going to feel like such an asshole when I'm like, I want to be a teacher. Like (laughs) after she says that. So I'm glad that there's some space, but, um, but we were talking as we were, uh, kind of departing is teachers are in such a weird cross section right now because they've mm. got all of the because school boards are the battlegrounds right now for politically charged rhetoric. You know, you've got the vaccine, you've got the masks, you've got critical race theory, you've got, you know, uh you've got so Gosh, much yeah. that is hitting them. And they have to be there for their students. They have to David and Goliath with boards and just like basically work a normal job while also changing the lives of children and then also not lose their minds when they go home. I mean, it is. And, and like Andrea said, not get paid a ton. Like in Finland, going to school to become a teacher is at the same level as becoming a doctor. My goodness. It's, I, I, it's, yeah we definitely need to do more on being a teacher because i think it's it's something that a lot of people think about doing i think it's an incredibly important job but it's sometimes you only see one side of it
1: yeah exactly and and there's just so much like i keep saying it but that's just the tip of the iceberg there's like so much underneath that like oh my goodness it it just blows my mind yeah but yeah i like i like i i think that the people who would drive themselves mad the most in trying to do this kind of job are engineers. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> and I think that, like, that, that's, like, part of the biggest reason why, like, my insights are, like, freaking out about hearing more <laughs> about this kind of stuff. because, Because it is kind of like, like, as engineers, we want to get to the root of the problem and solve it, right? Yeah. But like Andrea said, it's systemic. And yeah. it's not like a silver bullet, or like you can't just like build build your way out of it. It's it's a lot more complicated than that. And I think that that would drive me mad, um, just being an engineer.
0: And I like, just ha- Im- <laughs> I imagine yeah. like walking in on like a darkened closet where you're just like using yarn to attach. Like this is where the systemic problem comes from. Like we need to go to the root. Hey, you know,
1: we need to do a design sprint. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, that's why I'm saying like, like I've said investigative, right? Like like it feels like that. It feels like how, how does this complicated tangled web actually work? And trying to wrap our heads around it is like so hard. But, um, but yeah, like, like she said, kudos, kudos to all you like brave and powerful individuals who are doing this job or are on, on the path to becoming um, a teacher. It's just, wow. Hats off. Hats off. I
0: feel like this isn't going to bode well. And maybe we can remove this if we don't want to say this. Uh, but what, what what I feel like the most opposing or like polar opposite career to this is like a hedge fund person or like uh-huh, someone in uh-huh. finance, like a finance bro. Um, right. Because it's almost like,
1: it's like, like you're, oh, actually, I don't know. What do hedge funders do?
0: Uh, wait what finance bro, what do finance bros do? Yeah. Uh like go really. to vineyard vines, they buy <laughs> down, they uh they they invest, invest uh and they don't make fucking excuses. I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know what they do. Uh it seems like I I I shouldn't uh I shouldn't be a dick. Uh we should probably have a finance bro on. Um but it's probably going to be like financial manager and uh and they probably wouldn't think too kindly of me calling them a finance bro. Well,
1: they um they be they have to know. They have to know. They have <laughs> to know like they must
0: know that they got called that, but god, I will have to be on my best behavior when we interview a finance bro. No, I think they could take it. That's true. I they, they you know what? You I it. might be crushed by the end of it. I might I might be I might be like, yeah, uh, capitalism's awesome, <laughs> 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 uh, instead of my like uh, bleak view of it all. Um, but Joyce, you gotta go get ready for
1: traveling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, this was super fun. I guess we need to do a part two.
0: I think we're gonna need to do a part two. But until then. And between now and the next teacher one and our finance pro episode, I hope you guys all have a good day. I, I don't know when you're listening to this. <laughs> night? Weekend? Fortnite?
1: I don't know. Fortnite? Well, like Andrea said, take care of yourself. We love you. We'll we talk love you. Soon. Bye-bye. Bye.